0: The 10 Man podcast is a proud partner with Dashclip. Dashclip specializes in crafting exceptional wallets that go beyond mere accessories. Dashclip is not just a brand, it's a philosophy, a daily reminder to embrace life and make every moment count. Check them out today at thedashclip.com. That's thedashclip.com. This is a 10-man podcast, and I am your host, Chris Tinius. The first Saturday in May is an exciting time in the state of Kentucky, as the Kentucky Derby takes center stage for racing fans and even many non-racing fans across the country and around the world. But the Phillies get their chance in the spotlight the day before with the running of the Kentucky Oaks. Norm Cassie knows the traditions of this time of year very well. He is the son of a Hall of Fame trainer and raised in Louisville, though his path into the game isn't exactly what you might think. Since stepping out on his own, Norm has quickly made a name for himself. This year, he has an entry in the Kentucky Oaks with South Lawn, a horse coming off a win against an impressive field in her last race. He was kind enough to carve some time out of a very busy schedule to talk with me, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ten Man Podcast. I am your host, Chris Tinius. I am joined today by trainer Norm Cassie. Uh, who has a horse running in the Oaks on uh, next Friday. The horse's name is South Lawn, and um, we appreciate Norm giving us the time here today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hey Chris, anytime. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so um, just to give the listeners a, a little bit of a, a quick background on yourself, um, you have been out on your own as a trainer since 2018. Um, got your first win with Tiz Noble and uh your first graded straight stakes win um with Hard Legacy and before that you had served as an assistant for your father who is a a hall of fame trainer um and i i am correct i think maybe your father-in-law was a trainer as well is that correct
1: that that's correct yes sir
0: yeah so um, so yeah I'm, uh, go ahead oh so yeah just just give us a little a little bit of background there because i know I think some people would assume, okay, you were around that um, with your dad. And and so you've just been in it from day one your whole life. But that's not necessarily the way the the journey laid out for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent correct. So I'm born and raised in Louisville. My mom and dad got divorced when I was very young. Uh, My dad actually moved up to Toronto. He opened up a barn there at Woodbine Racetrack. And my mom elected to stay here in Louisville which I'm so grateful for because my whole life could have been completely different had she moved back to uh, South Florida, which is where she was from. I basically fell in love with horse racing because of Smarty Jones, that Kentucky Derby, uh, the 2004 Kentucky Derby. Uh, I, I know that my family's connected. I didn't necessarily have anything to do with horse racing prior to that. Basically decided Right after that Kentucky Derby, that I wanted to be a horse trainer, I graduated from Bellarmine and just started working from dad for dad right after my graduation. So we figured it out. I've been doing it for seventeen years now, which seems like a lifetime, but it went by so quick. Been on my own now for five years, and uh, we're just doing extremely well. And then the barn seems to be doing really well, and super super excited about the way things are going.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, yeah, um, a, a little off topic here, but I was uh, my last, or I just posted an episode talking to Scotty Davenport, um, and I had mentioned to him that I was going to be speaking with you. Yeah, and he told me you played. Did you play baseball at Bellarmine?
1: I played baseball my freshman year. Uh, coach Wiegand was a coach. I had decided, basically, I found out and this is a true story, and I never really tell many people this, but I figured out that the conference tournaments. We're Derby weekend every year. (laughs) And by that time, I had decided that I was going to be a horse trainer, and I did not want to miss going to the Derby anymore. So I I quit the baseball program. But I was never going to be a starter. And probably more important, I was never going to graduate if I continued playing baseball. I just wasn't smart enough to do both.
0: You know what? Sometimes some uh, self-awareness and knowing what direction you want to go is important for all of us, and it seems like you certainly made a a smart decision in that regard. Um, so so you started working for your father, um, as an assistant. What kind of gave you the confidence, or was there kind of a light bulb moment to say, okay, I'm I'm ready to step out and do this on my own?
1: Basically, we came down to Churchill Downs. We opened up a North uh, an American division, and I was in charge of that and basically the last two or three years uh, that i worked for dad were were his big big years probably the years that got him into the hall of fame we had horses like classic empire world approval pool play noble bird all these grade one or grade one winners that i was basically in charge of and then we also had the super talented filly named teppin who's probably one of the best turf mares in the last two decades and I oversaw her training day to day. And basically just, just by virtue of being successful at places like Churchill and Kingland and 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 you know big league racetracks and then being in charge of those big time superstar horses, you start you start getting confidence in yourself and, and the program that you've created. So it was just natural. It basically had come to the point where I was no longer excited just to be the assistant. And it was time to, uh, you know, walk my own path, so to speak.
0: Sure. And um, again, I think a lot of people might assume um, because of your background, because of the family ties, maybe some things kind of fell in your lap. Um, But from everything I've been able to do in my research, you had to go out and, you know, and, and get your own clients and find your own um, owners that we're going to trust in you and, and still kind of do it the hard way for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, um, I was never really handed anything. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wasn't dealt a really good hand. Uh, clearly I am. I I'm fortunate enough to work for my dad. Uh, I feel proud who's in the hall of fame. I feel proud and feel like I helped build that hall of fame career with him um but at the same time i have a last name that resonates in horse racing so it's not i'm this is not a pity party for myself by any means but uh, my dad made it a little bit more difficult than it probably needed to be when i left uh just it it did i had to i had to get my own clients with one exception and that was teppen's owner who uh you know who, who was confident enough in me after the, how i managed Tepin to send horses to me uh, when i first left my father and that turns out to be the guy that owned Southlawn oh, so okay. it's kind of a it's a very really cool story um you know basically the horse that gave me the confidence to leave my dad is now uh her owner is the guy who's uh representing me in my first kentucky oaks
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's a that's a great storyline. And I know, I mean, I I coached college soccer for 17 years. um, And I know a lot of people kind of in the coaching world. Okay, you're, you know, you're an assistant, um, or, you know, in the basketball world, you're an assistant for a big time head coach. And that doesn't always guarantee that um, you're going to find that success when you step out on your own. And like you said, you still got to go out. And even if you have uh, quote unquote big name on your resume from the past, you still have to prove that you can take that knowledge and apply it yourself and um and not just get you know right along on that handout. So um it's been great to see what you've been able to do. Um chatting with Norm Cassie here as he prepares um for South Lawn to run in the Oaks. So we'll go ahead and and talk about South Lawn a little bit. I know she won the fairground Oaks. Um and it's kind of, and, and you know, it was a smaller race, just five horses in the field, I believe. And um, but you beat three other horses um, that you'll be running against again in the Oaks in that race. So, um, you know, some good competition in that field. And y- you went off at seven to one, which isn't super huge odds, but it was the longest odds of, of that group of horses. And you were able to come away with the victory.
1: Yes. And I think that was it was a compact field, but it was a contentious field. Um, I think you can make an argument that three of the horses that are exiting that race have a legitimate chance of winning the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, But mine was best that day and she wasn't going away. Uh, She's basically uh, she's undefeated this year and uh i'm not going to trade her for anybody that's in the race right now i i I know that for sure i'm very very confident with the way she's training and uh the way she's progressed as the years as the years went by so um that was just the fairgrounds oaks was just another stepping stone to to hopefully uh the bigger and better things
0: and i I know in that race um she kind of went to the back early but Again, that can be a little misleading because, like you said, it was a a compact field. It's not like she fell way behind and came charging at the end. Um, Was that more a matter of circumstance or is that uh, a strategy we might be able to look for again?
1: I just think she has. She's she's not the quickest away from the gate. One of the things that is different from this year, from last year, is that we would she break a little slowly and then we would force her into the race early. Because that's the way my I like my horses to run, Chris, and the, the way I like them to be trained. I I want that stock and pounce trip. So ideally, that's that's the way that um, my horses would run. And if you watch most of my horses, that's the way they do run. But with her, she breaks slowly. And we are just have decided to be just content with the fact that let her get comfortable early on in the race. She doesn't have to be forwardly placed. She can be mid pack. She can be last if we need to be that way. But when going down the backside, once she gets into a rhythm and she decides, all right, now I'm ready to run. That's when you ask her to go. And that's how, that's how Ray Lou has rode her the the past two times that she's won. And it's one of the things that I I like to believe is uh, what's made her a better horse this year when compared
0: to last. And that, Kind of leads me into one of the next things um, on my list here, which is, you know, having that feel for what the horse is doing is obviously important. Um, will Will there be consistency with the jockey going into the Oaks?
1: Yes, and that's one of the other things that gives me a lot of confidence going into the race. Um, Ray Lou is just super confident in the horse. He's, he's a guy that I haven't really ridden on too many horses so it's it's kind of funny the way things shake out. Here it is. This is the biggest race in my career, and it's a guy that i've I'm really not connected to in any possible way other than Southlawn. but I have you know i'm I'm completely confident in it because of his confidence in her, so it makes you feel better when when the jockey comes into the paddock. You don't have to say anything. you already know. And you can tell by the way that he's walking into the paddock that he knows he's going to win the race. And I I think that translates in sports too. I think you could see that guys like Derek Jeter and, and LeBron and those guys, they walk in, they know they're the best, and they perform. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really confident in Ray Lou going into this race.
0: Well, that that's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, that that confidence is important and that synergy. Uh, on any team and in this case it's a horse and a jockey and and a trainer but that synergy on any type of team uh, can carry people a long way now last time out started um with the 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 number one post position do you have a preferred starting position um as you head towards that time or it it sounds like Uh, we've
1: already discussed it uh yeah there's no preference as far as where she starts because of the her new running style, um, I think she'll get comfortable wherever she is. I guess if you ask me, like you you force me to give an answer, I, you know, you always want to be drawn more outside than inside just because when you have a horse like her that's going to come from out of it a little bit, you're going to face a little more traffic when you go to make your big run if you're drawn inside and, and you got tired horses stopping in front of you. So I guess ideally we would draw be drawn outside, but with all that being said, I'm not going to be displeased with any post position. We'll be comfortable with with, uh, whatever we get.
0: Okay. Well, and, um, you know, weather can play a factor sometime, I'm, I'm looking ahead right now and it looks to be a great day, um, next Friday, but, um, Obviously that can change on a dime here in the state of Kentucky. So is there any experience with her in bad weather or on a muddy track if something like that were to pop up?
1: Uh, she, she's won two races on off tracks. She broke her maiden on an off track. Uh, she won the allowance race before the fairgrounds Oaks on an off track. So I would be, I, you know, I it would actually make me feel a little more comfortable just because I feel like we would be at an advantage and some would be at a disadvantage, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't, I want, I want Kentucky Derby day and, and Kentucky Oaks day to be beautiful. I want it. I want everybody to have a good time. I want it to be perfect racing conditions. So ideally we'll, we'll uh, have a fast main track.
0: So you're not going to pull a bull Durham and go in and create your own rain problems the night before i <laughs> know i i
1: want everybody to enjoy the day okay i don't want i don't i i hate i there's nothing more disheartening than horse racing who has very few big big days and it seems like half the time when there's a big day it's just a monsoon and it's just you know we just don't get to have the type of fun that we like to have when it's raining like that outside so i i want it to be dry I want it to be a perfect main track
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, And then uh, kind of an added twist in part to all this, um, if I'm not mistaken, Wonder Wheel is in the the field now?
1: Yes, so basically you got your father and son rivalry coming to a head here. Uh, Just unique. I'm sure it's happened before, uh, but... I don't know if it's happened in the capacity that's happening now, where my dad is actually bringing in the two year old champion, who at the beginning of the year would have been, should have been considered the favorite to win the Kentucky Oaks. And now he he faces me, who I I would think I'm going to go off shorter price than her. Uh, But at the end of the day, they're going to have to run. And I certainly wouldn't discount Wonder Wheel. Uh, I think she kind of had a bad trip in the Ashland and we wish dad um, good luck.
0: Good good luck, but not enough luck. We'll say Um,
1: if he, if I can't win, then hopefully he does.
0: No, that, that makes perfect sense to me for sure. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to be pulling for South Lawn, not just um, because you've been gracious enough with your time today, but um, everybody always tries to find, little ways to pick horses and I I'm more educated than some. Um certainly not an expert, but even if I knew nothing about it, I'm a western Kentucky hilltopper and kind of the big tailgating area down there is the duck south lawn. Um so this probably would have been my horse even if I knew nothing nothing else about the race. Um so you you may not very cool yeah may may get some money from some WKU alums um, placed on your horse just because of that. So uh, j- just another minute or two here. Um, obviously, we've been talking about the Oaks. Uh, the Derby is a big deal as well. Do um, you have any insights on, I, I know you're going to be focused on on your own horses and what you've got going on, but any, um, any way you're leaning looking at the Derby? Uh, you know,
1: it seems to be, to me, everybody's, kind of sees it as Todd Fletcher has the, the big hand, and I'm sure, sure he does. He's got Forte and Tappet Trice, who will be, um, you know, favorite and second choice. But I don't think it's as simple as that. I, I haven't been overly excited about the way that Forte has ran, uh, at least in the Florida Derby. And I just feel like Tappet Trice is a Belmont horse, Belmont Travers horse, who unless he just gets an absolute dream trip will not win the kentucky derby and that is so hard to do in a race like the kentucky derby so you know i've been telling everybody that i like kings Barnes, which is todd's third choice horse he's he's undefeated he hasn't ran big flashy buyer numbers by any means but he's going to have the trip he's going to get that stock and pounce trip that i said i like so much and it's a wide open race and he's going to offer a lot more value than the other two. Todd Pletcher's my hero, so I always root for him to win the Kentucky Derby. As long as Dad and I are not in there, uh, I'd like Kings Barnes to win if if the other two can't finish the job.
0: Okay, I'm I'm writing that down on my notes right here, so I'll keep that in mind as I'm making my picks. But Norm, um, thank you again for taking the time. Um, I really appreciate it. I know this is obviously a super busy time, but also a super exciting time for you. And I uh, appreciate you carving out a few minutes to chat with me.
1: Thank you for having me anytime, Chris. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll try to get you back on again sometime. Thanks. Thank you. The Springsteen song to seek out for this episode is quite simply Born to Run. These horses were bred and born to run. And dreams are about to be realized, possibly for Norm Cassie and South Lawn. Thoroughbred racing is like anything else. You need a combination of talent, work ethic, strategy, synergy, and a little bit of luck to fall your way to reach the ultimate prize. Norm has been around the sport long enough to know that. We know that between horse, trainer, and jockey, the first four are in place. With a little bit of luck falling their way, he could be standing with South Lawn in the winner's circle after the Kentucky Oaks. I wish him that luck and much future success, and thank him again for joining me. I'm Chris Tinius. Thanks for listening.